This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Actually, we're finishing the series today called Fire from God, and we're looking at Leviticus. Leviticus is instructions to the Levites. The Levites were God's chosen people to do all of the tabernacle and temple work. God said these This tribe, this family are going to do all the temple work. And so in the book of Leviticus, he gives very specific instructions. We learned two weeks ago that God said, don't ever let the fire leave the altar. Don't let the fire keep from burning. And then after that, in Leviticus chapter 9, he sent his fire from his presence and it consumed the sacrifice. And it was to be that the fire was to never go out. Because the fire is from the Lord. That's an analogy for your life because a fire represents God accepting you and accepting your request for forgiveness. So God has accepted you. It also signifies the Holy Spirit. So let's just sum it up this. The fire is God's presence and God's presence in your life. And he says, don't let the fire go out because the fire comes from him. It's his presence. His presence is a gift that You cannot earn. It's a gift from God that he gives you. So with all that in mind, today we're going to look at a story about Aaron's two sons. And the title of this message is called Unauthorized Fire. Let's look together at Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Aaron's sons, Nabad and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. Let's just stay there in verse 1 for a second. Uh, the the um, censers were simply just flat pans uh, that they could carry an item in. And the, and the verse 1 goes on to says, They put fire in them, and they offered unauthorized fire. Another translation of the word unauthorized is strange fire. So it was a different fire. It had a different source. It was not the fire from Leviticus 9 that came from the presence of the Lord. It was some type of fire they produced on their own. And now here's the important part of verse 1. And it's the last few words. And you can see it with me on the screen. It says, contrary to his command. So this, these two men, Aaron's sons, were willfully disobeying God's instructions. It wasn't like an accidental uh, lapse in protocol. They knew what God commanded, but they, off, they offered to God, instead of the fire that came from his presence, an unauthorized, a strange fire. And then this is what happened in verse 2. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, this is a difficult story to read at first, but you have a lot to show us from it. And Lord, I just pr- thank you that You've sent something fresh into our lives from you. Lord, let us cherish it. Let us honor it. Lord, let us hold it to our own in our lives. And Lord, we believe that can happen. And we ask for your grace. Ask for your grace to be on this message. And Lord, would you do your work through this teaching today? We ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Beth and I, we went to Hilton Head, South Carolina for our honeymoon and we drove there, and on the way there, stopped in Gatlinburg for a night. And when we left Gatlinburg, it was supposed to be like a five to six hour drive to Hilton Head. But you went all through the mountains, 
of Appalachian Mountains range there. And this drive was supposed to be a few hours, actually took us about 10 hours because every single mountain pass view, I was wanting to stop, take pictures. I was absolutely loving all the scenery because I'm from Texas, North Texas, which is plains, no, very little hills. And I was just loving all the mountain scenery. Beth was completely disinterested. I would just be like, isn't this awesome? Let's get the cameras out. And, and she didn't care. She wanted to get to the beach. Now, one lesson we learn here, all you young men, when you go on a honeymoon or a trip with your wife, do what she wants to do. Because I still hear about that day's drive to this day. What I didn't calculate or recognize, I had only been to her hometown one time, and I hadn't really thought about the fact that she grew up in that same mountain range. So all of the scenery that was just incredible to me was literally in her backyard and something she had grown up. She wanted to get to the beach. She didn't want to see this again. She had already seen stuff like this. So it is that that which we become familiar with, we, we kind of devalue. That which we're around a lot, we don't necessarily value as we should. And in this passage, that's exactly what had happened to the sons of Aaron. Because they had been around God a whole lot. They had been around the things of God. They had been around the fire. They had special opportunity no one else had. In fact, if you're taking notes, that's the first blank you can put down. Aaron's sons had great opportunity. Later on this afternoon, take your Bibles and you can look at the two passages there. And it talks about how when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he, he received the very words from God that were to lead the people, only a select few out of hundreds of thousands of Hebrew men, only a select few went up the mountain halfway with him. And these two men, Aaron's sons, were among those. Aaron's sons were also there in Leviticus 9, as we discussed last week, when the fire supernaturally came from the presence of God and consumed the fire, it consumed the sacrifice. So they had seen things most men had never seen. They had opportunities that most men never had. But yet, they took it for granted. And instead of following God's ways, they offered something different to God. A strange fire. An unauthorized fire. For us, it's really easy for us to do the same. I suppose that those who were around the tabernacle at that time, around the holy place, saw these sons of Aaron who were qualified, who were in line to be religious leaders of their community, offering fire to the Lord. And they must have thought, wow, this is following the instructions of the Lord. They didn't know that the fire had come from a strange source. They didn't know the fire had come from somewhere different. And I think for you and I, especially being here in the South, in Dixieland, in Baptist country, in Church of Christ country, in Pentecostal country, where it is socially acceptable to go to church. In fact, it's to your advantage socially to go to church. Looking at the different candidates running for office next month or next couple of weeks when we vote on them, 
as they describe themselves, as they say they're in church, it actually helps them. And so we, especially in this region of the country, have to be careful that we're not just becoming familiar with the things of God, but not letting it affect us. We're not just around the fire, around His presence, but unaffected by it. One of the joys of my life is being Lincoln Allison's father. He's six and a half, and this little guy gets excited about everything. And so, within the last year or so, we were, we were in the winter months around a, a bonfire, and we were going to do something that every human being should do, cook s'mores over the fire. And Lincoln was pumped about it. So we got the graham crackers, we got the Hershey bars, we got the marshmallows. And of course, there's only one way to cook your s'mores. It can't be anything fancy other than a coat hanger. Because part of the fun is bending the coat hanger and folding it and putting the marshmallows on. So we did all that stuff. And I got Lincoln set up and then I walked away to help the other kids or do whatever. And I saw Lincoln so excited about cooking his marshmallows, but he was 10 feet away from the fire. This marshmallow was not going to get cooked. It was not even going to get warm because he was near the fire, but he wasn't close enough to be affected by it. Here's the first thing I want you to write down about these sons of Aaron. Is they were near the fire, but unaffected. Near the presence of God, but they took it for granted and they didn't let it change their lives. There's a lot of theories about what this strange fire or what this unauthorized fire could have been. But most Jewish legend says that these young men were intoxicated in the presence of God. And that's why if you look at verse 9 of Leviticus 10, after this story happened, after this tragedy happened, God gave instructions to Aaron and says, You and your sons are not to drink wine or fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting or you will die. And this is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. And I just think it's a good idea to not minister the Word of God or lead worship or do anything like that if you're drunk or high. That's just a good thing. That is God's will for everybody. And this was the ordinance here that said, Don't take what is sacred and holy and treat it with disregard. Because God's holiness and because of who God was... He said, these are my specific instructions. I'm setting my worship apart. So don't take it for granted. Don't treat that which is special as something ordinary. And when I think about our generation, there's all types of biblical prophecies about the end times. But to me, the most powerful prophecy about the days we live in is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says this. You can read with me on the screen. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, and now comes a description that describes our generation. Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. Look at verse 5 again. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. These sons of Aaron had opportunity that very few men had. But yet, they were close to the fire, close to the presence, close to the flame, unaffected by it. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. It's so easy to become immune to the presence of God. It's because it's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. And I'm thinking about a time that was very clear. I'm sure it's not the only time, but it's just preeminent in my mind. Every fall, I went to something called youth convention growing up. And in fact, our students go to a youth convention now, usually in November. And it was a great spiritual boost in the middle of your school year. And I would go to this convention with anticipation, with prayer, just expecting for me to reconnect to the Lord in a, in a great way. But this particular year, I just was not right with God. I was not where I needed to be spiritually. I was away from Him. And I was looking forward to the trip, looking forward to staying into the hotel and seeing friends and the travel, going out to eat, all the things that are good in the youth group. All those things I look forward to, but there was no sense of anticipation that you know, God could do something in my life. I remember, just clear as day, I can, can imagine this, that we're in a service and, and God was moving. I mean, you could just tell this was not hype. This was God doing something. I mean, He was moving in the hearts of His people. And the pastor had all of us stand. And I remember standing there, being aware that God was doing things all around me. But my heart was far from God. It was far from Him. And I remember clearly thinking, this is not a good situation. And thank God, because of His grace, His kindness led me to repentance sometime soon after that. But it's possible to be around the things of God and near the fire but unaffected, having a form of godliness but denying its power. One of the men who mentored me, John McKenzie, he would always say this. He had a phrase that stuck out with, to me, and he said this. He said, when you lose your sensitivity to the Lord in worship, there's something wrong with your relationship. And that's been a barometer in my life because when I've been in a church service or been around any kind of atmosphere where God's presence was there and people were worshiping and attention was set on the Lord, and my heart felt disconnected, that was a great sign to me that I'm not where I should be. Didn't mean I wasn't God's child. Didn't mean I wasn't saved. Didn't mean anything like that. It just meant that my heart's not where it should be. And I want to encourage you to make that, make that a measuring stick in your life. Because when the presence of the Lord begins to move and the Lord begins to do something, and if your heart's distant and you're able to stand there, something could be wrong with your fellowship with the Lord. There could be something, there, there needs to be some repentance. There needs to be a change. Because, because when we're walking in the Lord, we won't be unaffected by the fire. The fire will change our lives because it's His presence and it's who He is. Here's the second thing. It's the same fire that blesses is the same fire that judges. That's number two. The same fire 
that blesses, write that in, is the same fire that judges. In verse 2 again, it says this, So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. Remember, that's the same fire that last week's sermon in chapter 9, the fire came and consumed the sacrifice and everybody was, wow, isn't this incredible? God has accepted the sacrifice. He's here. He's blessing us. But then it became the same fire that destroyed and, and killed these men. And now this is Old Covenant theology, and so there's not a, a 100% crossover here. But the analogy is clear that the same fire that blesses will also judge. And, the, and the Revelation tells us that there's a fire in the eyes of Jesus. And someday you'll stand and you'll look Jesus in the eye and you'll look at the fire in his eyes. And the fire in his eyes will be either one of two things. Either it will be the fire that judges your life or it's going to be a fire of love and passion for you. And he has loved you so much. And he loves you so much. And you are his and you are chosen and you are set apart for him. And you've received his grace. And that fire, when you have given your life to Christ... And when you have built your life on the things of God, then there is no reason to fear his fire because it is a fire of love that he loves you and he set his attention upon you. The last thing I want to share with you today, and this is something that I've taught on before, I've done whole sermons on, but I teach on it on a regular basis because I think it's one of the most important components to your spiritual growth and your personal growth. And I want to talk to you quickly about the judgment seat of Christ. Would you turn in your Bibles to Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. There's two judgments. In Revelation, we find about the great white throne judgment, which is every single human being goes before God, and He looks at the Lamb's book of life, and either your name is in or it's not. It's either heaven or hell. You're completely God, or you're completely damned, and it's all because of how you respond to Jesus. That's it. I mean, there's no way you can pass the great white throne judgment unless you've received the grace of Jesus. He substituted for your sins. He paid the price for your sins. You are his, and every single human being will stand before the Lord. It's a matter of your salvation, the great white throne judgment. What the judgment seat of Christ is, is for us who are believers. And let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. It says, so we make it our goal to please him. How many would say that's just a great goal to please the Lord? And that's just some of us just need to meditate on those words. We make it our goal to please him. Maybe you just need to recite that, get that in your spirit, pray on that and meditate on that. That is our goal. It's not our goal to please somebody else. Our goal is to please the Lord, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now look at verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And at that time, those things in our life that are good, that are of the Lord, are from the Spirit, will pass through the fire of the Lord and go on into eternity. But everything that's of the flesh, everything that's from the evil one, everything that's from our sinful nature, will not enter into the presence of Jesus. It's going to be consumed in the fire there. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
And we'll get a, be- we'll get a better idea of what, of what happens when you have this fire. Since by the grace God has given me, I lay, this is verse 10, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. So that's a warning from the Lord. You need to be careful how you build your life. In verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. What is the day? It's the judgment seat of Christ. And it will be revealed with what? You see that there? Fire. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Let's just pause there for a second. When you go before the throne of God, your life's going to be tested. And the quality of your life's going to be tested. And this is not a heaven or hell issue. This is not a salvation issue. It's what are you building your life on? Because your life is going to pass through the fire of the Lord. Now, here's the incredible thing about it. All the things that are gold, silver, and costly stones, guess what happens when it passes through the fire? It gets refined. It gets better. All your quiet times, the kindness, the fruits of the Holy Spirit you have in your life, your service to the church, your service in the compassion team, your missions trips, your giving, your sacrificial giving, your intercession, your prayer, all of that's going to pass through the fire and the eyes of Jesus and it's going to be refined and it will be with you for eternity. But all the wood, all the hay, all the sticks, it won't pass through the presence of Jesus. All the junk we built our life upon, the greed, the manipulation, the um, taking advantage of the weak, oppressing the poor, our lust, our unfaithfulness, our, our lack of obedience, all of those things are going to burn. They won't pass through the presence of Jesus. And so going on, and then in verse 14 it says, If what he has built survived, he will receive his reward. 15, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, right? Because it's in the salvation. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. The fire of the Lord. I want to encourage you guys, listen, don't offer to the Lord strange fire, unauthorized fire, fire that comes from something else where you're just being religious, where you're just putting on a show. Instead, let's allow the Spirit of Jesus within us, the Holy Spirit who is the fire within us, consume all the things in our life that are not Jesus. And instead, leave those good things He's deposited in us. Because there is a good in you that comes from the Lord. There's a good in you that comes from the Lord. And it's those things that, when it passes through the fire, will become refined, will become more pure, that will become greater, that will become better. And everything else, everything else needs to burn away. Burn away. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me all over this room? This has been a Church in Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.